0: Hey, welcome to the Church Home Podcast with Judah Smith. Uh, That's me, Judah. I am so excited to share this message about Jesus and his love for you. I really hope it's a personal encouragement to you. Hey, let us know if we can serve you at churchhome.org. Join us on Pastor Chat uh, on the app. We want to make sure that you are cared for and loved without any further delay. Let's jump in. Here's the message. Hey church, I'm here in Singapore, one of the great countries of the world. And uh, it's so exciting. It's a little humid, but a gorgeous day in Singapore. And I must admit, we have been here for a few days and it has been incredible. We've been here with Pastor Joseph Prince at New Creation Church and had such a wonderful time, but couldn't look forward uh, more to turning on the camera and spending a few minutes with you Talking about Jesus, talking about Scripture, I want to speak to you for a few moments on the subject, the power of God consciousness. The power of God consciousness. Have you ever given yourself to overthinking? Have you ever given yourself, have you ever been in one of those moments, they in in our culture in America, you know, we call it kind of being in your head, uh, overthinking, overanalyzing? becoming preoccupied with maybe a monumental decision that lies ahead of you. Maybe while you're watching this, you've got a decision of a change of city, maybe change of job. Maybe you're considering finally getting married. Maybe you're considering whether or not the relationship you're in is working. Maybe you've got in your head and you're starting to wonder, am I smart enough to make this decision? Do I have enough information and data to know what to do next? And if you're like me, once I start overthinking, once I kind of get in my head, I start second guessing myself, I start wondering if I should do anything at all, and then insert escape, escapism, right? suddenly you're faced with a monumental decision, a big decision. You don't feel like you have enough information. You don't feel like you have enough wisdom or understanding to make the right decision. You feel like you're going to make the wrong decision, so you escape. It can be a Netflix show. It can be medication. It can be a substance. Or it can just be diverting your attention with cartoons. It can be a number of different things, but That is so typical of the human condition. We start second guessing, we start overthinking, and then we just escape. And maybe we don't end up making the decision, or maybe we end up making the decision in a cavalier, careless manner. I wanna talk to you about the power of God consciousness. And here's where I think a lot of people live. We live preoccupied with ourselves. Another term for this, of course, is self-conscious. And I wanna show you just in the brief moments we have today from Singapore, that the life lived full of God consciousness as opposed to self-consciousness can actually, how should I say, bring enormous sense of fulfillment to your human experience. And that brings us to John chapter four. John chapter four has to be one of my favorite stories about Jesus and what I love about Jesus, just for those watching, let me be clear, don't want to insult your intelligence, but the Bible declares he is the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Anytime we say God conscious, what we're also saying is Jesus conscious. If you want to know who God is, you want to know how God lives, you want to know how God prioritizes, you want to know what is God's passion, you want to know what God's purpose is, you want to know the person of God, see all of that in Jesus. Jesus is the expressed image of God. We don't have to wonder, we don't have to worry, we don't have to live in confusion or darkness about the character and content of who God is. We can see it fully in the person of Jesus. John chapter 4 tells a story about a woman. Now soon in our scene she will encounter Jesus. The Bible says she goes out to a well. Now, the heat probably was not too dissimilar to what we're experiencing here today in Singapore. And if you haven't noticed, we're in the shade. It's approximately noon here today in Singapore, and it is high noon. It is a hot noon. And that probably was like this woman at the well. The Bible indicates that she was at the well at the height of the heat of the day. Now, here's an interesting fact about that. No one else was at the well. Now, the reason no one else is at the well is because people knew that you get water from the well early in the morning in the cool of the day or late in the afternoon in the evening in the cool of the day. So the well was always populated and full of people. It's actually a great conversation space and place to connect and see old friends and maybe even relatives if you got there early in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening where there is less heat. This woman has gone at high noon and the heat is astronomical. Why? Because she wants to be alone. Because she wants to not be embarrassed. A lot of scholars and writers and thinkers and theologians agree that this woman probably has lived a pretty wild life. And we'll later see that in the conversation with Jesus, that in fact she. She has. She has had multiple marriages. She's had multiple relationships. She's in a living relationship at the moment. And I just don't think she wants to deal with the drama of people pointing fingers, snickering, and laughing, and making her feel small. What's my point? My point is that this woman is completely preoccupied with herself, her shortcomings, her weaknesses, her pain, her embarrassment, her shame her humiliation, and no doubt, full of anxiety. In so many ways, this woman represents what you and I face in an everyday life. Maybe you've made some dumb decisions. I know I have. Decisions that you hope nobody hears about, and if they do, you hope no one talks to you about it. Stuff you're embarrassed about. Recently, a friend of mine came to me and said, bro, I heard about you on the golf course. And I'm like, What'd you hear? And I was hoping he was going to say birdies, you know, good scores. And he's like, that you throw clubs and break clubs and you got a serious anger problem. And so all of a sudden you're just like, I'm embarrassed. And obviously the rest of the day, I'm thinking about when am I going to fix my anger problem? When am I going to stop? You can imagine, you know, people are like, hey, aren't you a pastor? And then all of a sudden there goes the club. I'm breaking stuff and I'm angry. And it is embarrassing. And I don't want people to know about it. And frankly, the more I think about it, the more self-conscious I get and the more I want to hide or escape. Is there anything in your life that makes you feel that way? I want to show you that Where the power is for change and transformation is actually not in being myopic and self-absorbed and self-focused and trying to analyze and self-improve. It's actually all found in being Jesus conscious, God conscious. The Bible says Jesus arrives at the well, he sends his disciples to get some food and now he's alone with this woman who was hoping to be alone with herself can only imagine what the woman is thinking about as she's gathering water at the height of the heat of the day, hoping to talk to no one. No one sees her. And here comes a Jewish man. I'm sure her heart was sinking, maybe pounding, thinking, oh no, does he know me? Does he know about me? And they start a conversation. We can get into the nuances of conversation, but for this particular message and talk, I simply want to focus on the fact that they had a conversation. It's a pithy conversation. It's a cultural conversation. It's a charged conversation. But in the process of one conversation with Jesus, this self-absorbed, self-conscious, anxious, fearful, hiding woman is completely changed. She's completely transformed. Essentially, in one conversation with Jesus, she goes from hiding at the height of the heat of the day at the well to running into the town square, if you will, to running into the village, to running back into her city and announcing to everyone, come see a man who has told me everything about my life. Now think about that for a moment. Moments before her conversation with Jesus, she's hiding. She's hoping to see no one, talk to no one. She's embarrassed by her decisions, paralyzed by her own lack of moral performance, hoping to avoid exposure or conversation or even being seen and yet, When she starts a conversation with Jesus, she becomes so mesmerized, so preoccupied, so caught up with this beautiful person, unlike anyone she's ever met, that she gets her eyes off herself, Off her moral challenges, off her multiple broken marriages, off her embarrassment, fear, and anxiety, and becomes absorbed with Jesus so much so that her God consciousness leads her to actions she otherwise not only would have not done, but frankly would have avoided. She runs into the city, runs into the village and starts announcing to everyone who will listen. Now, listen to her words. Again, you can find this story in John chapter four. She says, come meet a man, unlike anyone I've met, a man who's told me everything about myself. Now, what's interesting about the story is that if you read the conversation, in fact, Jesus didn't tell her everything about herself. Jesus doesn't indicate that he knows everything about her. And yet that's exactly how she feels. Her encounter with Jesus leads her to a place of saying, he knows everything about me. He loves me. She's overcome with his presence and become so fixated and preoccupied with him. It frankly changed her life. I want to appeal to you today. Right here from Singapore, I want to appeal to you. Are you self-conscious or God-conscious? Now, here's the caveat in this message. If you watch this message and you think, man, I gotta be more God conscious, that is another form of being self-conscious. So actually, the antidote here is one of the reasons, if not the primary reason for which you were invented and created by God, and it's called worship. What is worship? It's filling your mind and your heart with the magnitude and glory of God. You don't have to go get the content. We have stories in Scripture, and we have creation. The Bible says the creation of God declares the essence of His character, His glory. You can look at a palm tree in Singapore. You can look at architecture in Singapore. Look at the and and start to sink in the majesty, magnitude, and beauty of God. And before you know it, as you relish in His creation, as you relish. In his love, as you relish in the fact that your heart's beating, that you have lips, hips, and fingertips, that God specifically made you, and that wonder begins to fill your soul, you begin to live God conscious more. Than self-conscious. I believe this is a source of confidence. I believe this is the source of uh, a stick to it. Oftentimes people are saying, man, we need people who stick to their word and follow through. Well, I don't think that happens because we are so disciplined. I think there are rare few outliers in the human existence who can will themselves to do just about anything. But for the rest of us, average normal people, self-consciousness oftentimes leads to isolation, fear, anxiety and oftentimes social paralysis. But God conscious, you end up going back into the village and city you were hoping to hide in and you're announcing to everyone, come see a man who's told me everything about myself and who knows everything about me. I believe that God is inviting you right now into a Jesus conscious existence. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 18. It says, we all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of God and are being changed day by day into that image. I believe the power, the access, the availability we have to God consciousness is just beholding him. Behold him in a jet airplane flying over. you know, uh, 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 Behold him in birds. Behold him in lakes and rivers and mountains. Behold him in a newborn baby. Uh, behold him in the creation of animals and their beauty. Behold him in your family and relationships. Behold him within community. Behold the miracle that is your life. You're a miracle. And as you see his wondrous ways and his goodness, as we rehearse again in community, who God is in the person of Jesus, he who knew no sin became sin, so that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I pray today that we are all just like the woman at the well. And maybe you're at that well and you are just preoccupied with your shortcomings and your weaknesses and your moral depravity. But I got good news today. Jesus wants to encounter you and remind you of his goodness in his grace. He is tender, he is wonderful, he is forgiving. He is unlike any other person you've ever met. And When we behold him, and when we rest in his love, when we relish who he is, we become preoccupied with him. And life, well, it's like a wind at your back as opposed to a wind in your face. There seems to be a strength and a stamina and an energy to enable you to continue to walk through this life. Is this the fix all? Is this gonna fix all your pains and problems and challenges? Maybe not, but I can guarantee when you're God conscious and Jesus conscious, it helps you go through whatever it is you're going through. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for the minutes and moments we share today. Lord, the truth is that being conscious of you cannot be our initial work or we'll end up self-absorbed all over again. It's your work. And so we yield to you. We invite you. We welcome you. And we ask that you would meet with us as sure as you met with the woman at the well. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Lastly, if you're watching anywhere in the world and you'd like to receive the free gift of Jesus, You don't earn it, deserve it, or warrant it. You just receive it. So all it would take right now, wherever you are watching this, just say, Jesus, I receive you, and it's done. You're forgiven forever. Sin's covered. And I believe you'll experience a lot of the joy that that woman in John chapter four experienced that day at the well. Love you, church. We'll talk soon.